0: There is one absolute certainty when it comes to our future we need more resources and commodities that means while unpopular with the new and younger generation of retail investors mining and mining stocks will be critical in the world's development the problem is that most investors have no clue what mining is how to value junior explorers and what to look for when investing in mining companies this problem is further intensified because mining itself is already an extremely risky business. And one of the biggest risks in the mining industry is exploring for and defining an economic resource on which a mining project can be built. That's because most risk capital is lost in the ground. A study by Mackenzie and bill 1984, found that in the period from 1955 to 1988, a total of $1.6 billion had been spent on exploration, excluding oil and gas, with thousands of mineral occurrences discovered. However, only 43 of these discoveries were considered to be economic, with even fewer ultimately being developed. On average, it cost $38 million in 1984 dollars to find just one deposit during that time. In today's dollars, that's over $115 million. And despite new technologies, finding new deposits, especially high grade, is harder today than ever before. Most of the big deposits have already been found. But that's not all. According to data sourced from S&P Global Market Intelligence, TMX Group and Natural Resources Canada, in 2022, the mineral industry experienced a significant decrease in both equity and debt investments, collectively down 35% lower compared to the previous year. This downtrend has lasted over a decade. The United States is home to the biggest stock exchanges in the world and a global source of liquidity. But in 2022, funds raised on U.S. stock exchanges for mining deals experienced a nearly 90% year-over-year drop. While 2021 was a big year for U.S. funds raised for mining, around 40% of the total funds raised, $3.6 U.S. dollars, were allocated to critical minerals and lithium projects. And more than 75% of these funds can be traced back to just six specific deals. In other words, not enough money is flowing into the mining sector. Furthermore, According to an S&P report last year, it takes nearly 16 years to put a mine into production once a discovery is made. That's based on info from 127 mines. If this keeps up, the price of everything will go higher. As a result, there will be a time when the younger generation realizes this and turns to mining stocks as their next big sector play. And when that happens, you should be ready to make the right decisions based on a better understanding. Of how to value mining and mining exploration stocks but how do you know what projects are good enough for your investment the majority of us aren't geologists so for us to completely interpret or truly understand everything in an ni 43 101 report is difficult even today the majority of geologists have a hard time putting a resource together or moving a project from a resource to the feasibility stage It takes some very special people in this industry to know where to drill and it takes even more special people to know how to put it together so while we'll never learn everything it certainly helps to learn the basics over the next few months i'll go into more detail on how to read 43 to 101s how to assess certain projects and how to understand drill results for now let's get started with the basics there are many methods of mining but the one most widely used thus far has been open-pit mining. It accounts for more than 80% of mines in the United States. Open-pit cast cut or surface mining is a method of extracting ore or mineralization that is found very close to the surface with a sufficient quantity of ore within a close proximity to make it economically viable to extract. Think of it as digging a large hole in the ground. Depending on the geometry and depth of the ore body, open pit mining is generally by far the most economical method of extraction for the recovery of low-grade 1 gram per tonne up to around 3-4 to grams per tonne for gold, finely disseminated ore. Ore is simply the naturally occurring concentration of minerals. The advantage of open pit mining, as opposed to underground, is that it is usually easier, cheaper, and quicker to bring into production, but generally relies on a larger resource base to economical and social reasons you're digging a big hole in the ground it better be worth it for example underground gold mines usually require at least 4 10 grams per ton of gold to be considered economically viable dependent on a lot of factors such as country of origin geophysical locations and price if you have invested in any mining company before you will have heard the term cut off grade Cutoff grade is the minimum metal grade at which a ton of rock can be processed on an economic basis and determines the workable tonnage of an ore. In Canada, resource calculations under the NI43 101 standard will always include the cutoff grade. Companies determine what it costs per ton of material mined and what the ore values is going to be from that ton. From this, they can determine how much each ounce of gold will cost to mine. For example, In South Africa, the average all-in sustaining cost, the cost to mine for gold mining is around one thousand seven hundred fifty-eight per ounce of gold. At today's current gold price, that is a very profitable operation, and a reason why companies in this region can do really well as the price of gold climbs. However, even with a strong resource, you still have to factor in the size of the mine and what it costs to put the mine into production. Even if you have a small resource that costs less than $1,400 per ounce to mine, there is a great chance that financiers may not find the project large enough for their appetite, and thus the mine will not go into production, even at today's high gold price environment. Let's not forget that you still need approval from the government to proceed. They won't let you pollute their land and water without adequate and substantial economic benefit. In short, a mine that appears feasible by the numbers May still not go into production, so don't expect every company with a promising NI43101 resource to get there. Before full on production can take place, there are many costly steps involved with bringing a mine into production, even if it is open pit. You have to identify the resource through various sampling methods, determine cutoff grades, and conduct a full on feasibility study before you can even come close to production. Some key points to focus on include high grade levels. The higher the grade level of ore, the better the project. Cutoff grades, low versus high. Cutoff grades are essential to determining the economic feasibility and mine life of a project. Increased cutoff grades can reduce political risks by ensuring higher financial returns over a shorter period of time. Conversely, lower cutoff grades may increase project life with longer economic benefits to shareholders, employees, and local communities. In short, a low cutoff grade does not mean a poor project. Easy access. Having easy access to infrastructure including water, electricity, and workforce cuts down project costs significantly. Proximity to producing mines. The closer the proximity to a producer, the less the infrastructure costs may be. Indicated and inferred in NI 43-101's indicated estimate has a higher confidence level that such resources exist. By estimating from sampling at places spaced closely enough that its continuity can be reasonably assumed infrared estimate is an estimate of resource whose size and grade have been estimated mainly or wholly from limited sampling data assuming that the mineralized body is continuous and thus less confidence is placed on the data never rely on estimates alone both indicated and inferred resource estimates in ni 43 101's does not factor in the feasibility of its resources place of operation. A great resource is one thing, but a resource located in an unstable country with an unstable government can spell disaster. Access to capital, a well-funded company usually means other professionals not only have done their research, but believe in the project. Great management team. A project can be great, but ultimately a management has to be able to execute. Mineable mineral deposits are rare, and to bring a deposit into profitable production is even more so The chances of bringing a raw prospect into production have been estimated at 1 in 5,000 to 10,000. That's why there are many instances in which mining companies have revived old prospects and drilled just one more time before a discovery was made. The great news is that with recent technological advances and the continual growth of resource prices, many projects with low-grade ores and past producers are now becoming more economically viable. Yet, few mining companies have the financial resources to delineate ore reserves too far into the future, which is why the big guns, such as Barrick, continually seek out and invest in other gold juniors to increase their reserves. This is yet another reason why a junior with a nearby producer has a much higher chance of going into production, because the costs of production are often too high for a junior to fund by themselves. Economies of scale is a big asset in the mining industry. The ability to use someone else's tailings dam or processing mill can save a junior millions feasibility studies there is a common misconception surrounding feasibility studies we know they're important but their significance is commonly misconstrued make one mistake or skip one step of the process and it can have detrimental effects on a mining project a mining feasibility study in short is an evaluation of a proposed mining project to determine if the mineral resource can be mined economically. But there are many stages of this process before the actual feasibility study or report is finalized. First off, there are three main feasibility studies. The scoping study, preliminary feasibility, and detailed feasibility. The first one is the order of magnitude. Conceptual, or what we investors generally call it, a scoping study or Preliminary Economic Assessment, PEA, Scoping Study, or PEA. This first step in the feasibility process is the initial financial appraisal of an indicated mineral resource. This study usually begins once a sufficient level of drilling and sampling to define a resource has been completed, such as an NI-43-101 in Canada. Scoping studies are developed by copying plans and factoring known costs from industry standards and comparable historical data. It involves a preliminary mine plan and is the basis for determining whether or not to proceed with an exploration program and more detailed engineering work. The end result of the study is a description of the general features and parameters of the project and an order of magnitude estimate of capital and operating costs. A study of this level is valid to determine whether a project is worth pursuing further, but not enough data has been collected for reserve definition. This study is generally 35-50% to 50% accurate. Don't mistake the term mineral reserves for mineral resources. Mineral resource is a guess of what's in the ground, such as the indicated and inferred resources found in NI 43-101s. Mineral reserve, on the other hand, is the resource known to be economically feasible for extraction. Few projects survive this part of the study. The next stage after this is the Preliminary Feasibility Study or Prefeasibility Study. Prefeasibility Study This study determines the mining and milling extraction methods and rates, the product recoveries, environmental and permitting issues, and preliminary capital and operating cost estimates. It also determines whether or not to proceed with a detailed feasibility study, which is very costly. As part of this process, areas of concern that need further research during the feasibility stage need to be identified. These areas often include geotechnical studies for mine, waste dumps and tailings facilities, design metallurgical testing for refining estimates of product recoveries and waste characterization studies. Identifying these items at this stage can avoid costly delays during the feasibility stage. Any additional delays and costs can be detrimental to a project which often translates to shareholders directly. Added costs mean further funding may be required and could add further dilution to shareholders. Depending upon the level of detail in these studies and the securities exchange that is involved, reserves can, in some cases, be declared at this point. This preliminary feasibility study is usually 20-30% accurate and only 50% of the companies that go through this stage pass on to the final stage of the feasibility study, or what many call the bankable study. Bankable Feasibility Detailed or bankable feasibility studies are the most detailed and usually determines whether or not to proceed with the project. General industry standards of the study results in estimates that are within 15% accurate. In essence, this stage is simply a refinement of the pre-feasibility study, which evolved from the scoping study. Key components in the feasibility study are the mine design, production schedule, a detailed process flow sheet, product recoveries, a detailed plant design, consideration of the environmental issues, detailed capital and operating cost estimates, and an economic model of the project. Each of these components is extremely important. If a company can make it this far and is feasible after this stage they can generally take the study to the bank for financing purposes at this point there's sufficient information to declare reserves provided the project has positive economics and is noted as bankable however investors always seem to forget that bankable describes only the level of accuracy of the analysis and not necessarily the outcome of the project as i said just because a project is feasible doesn't mean it will get the go-ahead for production. Just because a feasible project can make money, the return on investment may not be enough for the company to advance the project, or the risk too high for such reward. For example, the profit from the mine may be $100 million, but it may cost $95 million to build it out. So is it feasible? Yes. But does it make sense to spend $100 million to make $5 million, with many risks involved? I doubt it if the benefits do not significantly outweigh the costs not only may the government deny you permits but your financiers may pull out at this feasibility level roughly 20 percent of the companies will fail and of these most fail as a result of either overly optimistic assumptions or skipped steps for this step to be successful the scoping study and the pre-feasibility study must be conducted at reasonable estimates many companies will conduct more than one scoping study to ensure the accuracy of the data. I have seen companies shell out a lot more cash and time than they needed to once they hit this stage because they overemphasized their scoping and pre-feasibility studies. A great emphasis needs to be placed on each and every step with new rules and regulations constantly changing the way feasibilities are done. Welcome to the world of regulation. While much of what I covered this week seems simple, It is imperative that investors in the mining sector have a basic concept of why they're investing in certain companies. While buying majors can be bountiful during times of rising commodity prices, the same cannot be said about investing in juniors, especially not in this market. In this market, capital will be fueled into projects that have a high hope of success, not just a play on some overly promoted drill results. That's why you may see the price of gold go up, yet the price of your gold junior still lags. But eventually, that will change. Over the coming weeks, we'll go into more depth and discussion surrounding mining valuation and potentially presenting new ideas to play with. Seek the truth and be prepared.